This is a production of WEDU-PBS, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota. Right now on WEDU, the rising cost of home insurance in Florida is pushing many residents to give up on coverage altogether, selling their homes, moving, or considering moving out of state. It's contributing to the high cost of housing here. We'll discuss why rates are skyrocketing and what the state government in Tallahassee is or is not doing to ease the pain. All coming up on a special edition of Florida This Week. Welcome back. Florida's home insurance crisis might be causing residents to flee the state in droves as premiums skyrocket from a combination of fraudulent lawsuits, hurricanes that have become more frequent and violent, and rising building costs. USA Today reports that while Florida has experienced a population boom, the U.S. Census Bureau estimates that Florida is also near the top of the list for the number of people who left the state last year. An estimated 275,000 people left Florida in 2022. That's nearly 23,000 people a month. At the same time, home insurance premiums in Florida have exploded. The Sunshine State now has the highest insurance premiums in the country, according to the Insurance Information Institute. Most homeowners are paying about $6,000 per year for their home insurance premiums. That's a 42% increase from last year, and it's far higher than the national average of just $1,700. Fifteen major insurance companies, including farmers, have left the state over the last year. In the last two years, there have been several special sessions of the legislature to try to address the crisis. Legislators in Tallahassee have made it harder to sue insurance companies over concerns that frivolous lawsuits were being filed. But former President Donald Trump blasted Governor Ron DeSantis for those limits on lawsuits, calling it the worst insurance scam in the entire country, according to the Tampa Bay Times. The legislature also passed $3 billion in taxpayer funds to help carriers purchase reinsurance. Reinsurance is essentially insurance for insurance companies and helps insurance companies stay in business if extreme weather devastates states accompanies policyholders. Well, joining us on the panel to discuss the situation, Lawrence Maurer is a Tallahassee correspondent for the Tampa Bay Times. Chip Merlin is an attorney and the president and founder of Chip Merlin and Associates in Tampa. And Scott Johnson is the former executive vice president of the Florida Association of Insurance Agents, the president of Johnson Strategies, LLC, and author of several books, including Collapse of an Evil Empire, dealing with the difficulties of finding affordable homeowners insurance. And nice to see all of you. Thank you for doing the program. Nice well, to be here. Let's talk about, first of all, and Lawrence, let me direct this to you. What In Tallahassee, what do they explain as the reasons for these rising uh, insurance premiums around the state? Well, the reasons they give are, are varied, basically. They range from reinsurance. The rate of reinsurance has gone way up. And in Florida, you have all these tiny little domestic insurance companies that are overly reliant on reinsurance compared to, you know, the big national carriers like State Farm and Allstate. Um, they also blame lawsuits, for, as you as you as you said, uh, frivolous lawsuits. Um, I would say we don't really know the exact breakdown of what's driving up rates because the state has never produced a breakdown of which of these factors are the biggest driver. Um, I would say probably the biggest 
issue is that Florida went 12 years without a storm until 2017. And since then, we've been repeatedly hit by storms. And that, of course, drives up you know, losses for insurance companies. Scott, would you up- add to that? Uh, well, no, that's a pretty good summary. Uh, they aren't, uh, this is the state of Florida, and we are the world's hurricane highway. Uh, 80% of our property values are located in the worst possible spot from a weather standpoint on our on our coast. Uh, that drives the cost of reinsurance up, uh, as does the capital markets and its general availability and the laws of supply and demand. Uh, but I and I would also tell you that uh, Florida insurance companies uh, fund a lot more of their catastrophic exposure via the mechanism of reinsurance. Somewhere close to ninety percent uh, of that exposure is uh, reinsured, and it results in about forty to sixty percent of the average homeowner's premium being allocated to pay for that reinsurance. So that is certainly a factor. And lawsuits are a factor as uh, as the legislature, uh, it took them seven, eight years to come up with comprehensive tort reform, but they did uh, in 2022 and in the regular session of, of this year, 2023. Uh, and some of the results are beginning to show up already. Uh, and I'm uh, encouraged that uh, rates with respect to uh, litigation in Florida uh, will continue uh, uh, to improve, you, you want to always keep in mind uh, when you're talking about insurance that there are premiums and there are rates, and there is a distinction between those two. Um, like if you go into a grocery store and your bananas are up 500% and your uh, your grocery bill is high and you complain about it, and th- then something changes and bananas are now really, really cheap, but your grocery bill kept going up, because cucumbers and and wine is now uh, uh, tripled in cost. You've got the the, the litigation issue uh, uh, is part of that, uh, and it can improve. But the other things, the values, uh, the cost to replace uh, uh, damaged items, all of that keeps going up. Chip, we've heard so much about frivolous lawsuits. Do you think frivolous lawsuits are at the heart of these rising uh, premiums? And with the legislature making it harder to sue insurance companies, did they fix the problem? Uh, no, I agree with President Trump. I think it's a scam and the numbers were made up. They were first put out by uh, the insurance commissioner, Altmaier, who then conveniently left to go work for the insurance, in- insurance lobby industry. Um, we've gone back and have looked at the American Policyholders Association, published a paper this week talking about that the majority of all consumer complaints, the majority in the entire country, are from Florida insurance companies causing their own consumers problems. Uh, don't get me wrong, there was a problem with respect to uh, what I know is AOB claims that were brought out there, and I think that's been addressed by the legislature, but the insurance industry, rather than looking at itself and taking, you know, taking a critical analysis of what it's done and what its place has been here instead wants to blame it on the easy scapegoat. Lawyers did all this with all these lawsuits and they're the cause for everything. Again, I agree with President Trump. It's a scam and it's just not true. I believe what Scott said, Johnson said those, Florida sticks out like a sore thumb into the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. And we are prone to have hurricanes and when they hit, and because of climate change, these hurricanes are unlike any that we've had in the past. They're striking, they're bigger hurricanes, they're hurting. And 
the global reinsurance market with the same climate change is causing everybody's rates to go up in the state of Florida. It's, I mean, out in the state, in the United States. It's not just the state of Florida. We have wildfires in, in California and in Colorado. We have all kinds of floods in various areas. We have freeze damage claims, uh, tornadoes that we've never seen before, and these all drive up reinsurance rates. And unfortunately, the Florida insurance market is dependent upon those reinsurance rates, but I don't hear any reinsurance companies you know, going broke. So you know, somebody's making some money on this. Lawrence, let me ask you about the data on lawsuits. You, you talked about the state really not tracking this stuff. Does the state have evidence that lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits, are driving up the cost of homeowners insurance? Is there hard evidence out there? There's anecdotal evidence, and there's also just the sheer number of lawsuits. Not a lot of people are really disputing that there are a lot of lawsuits in Florida. The question is, um, what is driving those lawsuits? How many of those lawsuits are frivolous and, uh, you know, frivolous in some way? And uh, how many of the, uh, how much is that costing homeowners uh, on their premiums? No one has been able to answer those two questions, which are key questions. The legislature basically has not studied this issue. They've looked at the number of lawsuits, which there are a lot, but again, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that insurance companies are behaving poorly. Uh, Chip mentioned the uh, the, the uh, federal data on on uh, complaints against insurance companies, but there's also all kinds of other you know misdeeds that have been documented by insurance companies in Florida. And so you know, as the state's own insurance consumer advocate has said, those things drive up drive the rate of lawsuits. Hmm. Uh, Scott, l let me ask you about this. Uh, the legislature in the last year and a half or so has uh, has awarded $3 billion to insurance companies for reinsurance. They're, they're helping out the private insurance industry. Does that solve the problem that you mentioned of reinsurance? It, help, it helps with the cost of reinsurance, uh, uh, no doubt. But keep in mind that the issues that uh, uh, Chairman Lawrence just mentioned with respect to litigation that also impacts the cost of reinsurance. Reinsurance is, is, is a global product built on uh, the laws of supply and demand. And yeah, the, the reinsurance companies are designed to make a profit and there isn't much we can do about that. But, they, but the price they charge called their rate online is dependent on many factors, the mix of business of an insurance company, and also how well an insurance company can manage uh, its litigation. And in Florida, that litigation is uh, uh, since uh, maybe 2016 has exploded. There's no, I, I don't know where you're talking about anecdotal evidence, read my book. Uh, it's a it, it's the a, a deep dive into the disbarment of uh, one of Florida uh, Florida's most prolific insurance litigator, who was handling and this is this is from the Florida bar. This uh, that's all my book is about is to track their disbarment proceedings. He was handling ten thousand lawsuits at a time, and using every sort of feeder, public adjuster, and others who can knock on doors and roofers and others to recruit people into his assignment of benefits as 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 chip had acknowledged was uh had uh, scam tendencies and is now gone uh he was using assignment of benefits but he was also handing people 
uh, uh, tablets uh, or his feeders were asking them to sign uh, a work order to come in and do some drying or do some uh, 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 roofing work. And the, and, and the uh, people signing it didn't know that it was also a contingency agreement for uh, him to file a lawsuit on their, uh, on their behalf. Uh, another lawyer in Southeast Florida is sending feeders into uh, neighborhoods and getting uh, signatures on assignment of benefits merely because they have uh, cast iron piping. No loss, no leaks, no problems, but they're filing a suit uh, before the insurance company has even been notified of a loss. Those are basic indications that Florida is majorly different from other states from a litigation standpoint. And of those 15 insurance companies that you said left, uh, three or four of them were major companies who stopped writing as much as they were in Florida, but 10 to 12 of them were companies that went bankrupt. Well, we're and, gonna talk about that in a moment. Uh, uh, yeah. Chip, I wanna ask you, uh, after Hurricane Ian, a lot of people complained to, to newspapers, including the Washington Post, that they were not made whole when they went to their insurance company. Their house was destroyed and they only got partial payment on the value of their home. Some people uh, then sue their insurance companies. I wonder what percent of losses do we know are frivolous, as, as Scott was saying, and what percent are people who say, hey, my insurance company didn't pay up? Well, I, I would suggest that the number's pretty low because most attorneys aren't going to take the case. And yeah, people aren't calling me because they want to go see an attorney. and I'm just the greatest guy in the world to go hang out with. They're calling us because they're very frustrated. They're upset. They expect that at the moment of truth, the time the insurance company's supposed to be there, no money's coming. And, and it's not just individuals with homeowners. I mean, this is businesses, these are churches, these are school districts that our firm's representing with millions of dollars out there. And contractors are suing some of these individuals trying to get their money because, and those people are going, well, hey, we haven't gotten it from our insurance company. And so those are the types of lawsuits that the insurance industry doesn't want to talk about. And I think they're the vast majority of them. And I think that's the reason why so many policyholders are filing complaints with the Department you know, of Insurance, with the OIR here, but nothing seems to be happening from a regulatory level about why there's this systemic problem for that. I will agree with Scott that there was a need for a change and the legislature did change with respect to the AOB. And I think that's a lot of the lawsuits and, and I think there's very few scamming you know, attorneys out there like uh, Strems, I'll call it, I've written about it. I, and I don't think those attorneys should be practicing law and they're not. And, uh, but that doesn't, what I see from the day after day is people being forced to call attorneys. I don't think they're just doing it because let's go hang out together and, and it's just not common sense that that's what's going on. You know, my next question is about whether or not insurance companies can make a profit here in Florida. And Lawrence, I want to go to you. There was a Sarasota uh, member of the legislature who uh, put out a notice that he was starting an insurance company and he promised a 165% rate of return on investment over the next five years. 165% is a pretty good rate of return. It seems like he's found a way to make money, at least he claims. Talk about, are insurance companies profitable? And what, what about this case with Senator Joe Gruders in Sarasota? Yeah, uh, basically you can make a ton of money in Florida's insurance market and plenty of people have. Um, for, you know, during those 12 years when there were no storms, the highest property and casualty, the highest paid property and casualty insurance executives in the nation were in Florida. 
which is hard to believe with these little domestic insurance companies, they're making twice as much as a CEO of State Farm while insuring less than a fraction of a percent of the number of policies. And the reason why you the reason or the reason why you can make so much money is because in Florida, these little domestic insurance companies will set up affiliate companies and parent companies that are allowed in this state to basically take a flat uh, fee off of every premium dollar, uh, some, sometimes up to uh, 33, 35% of the premium dollar goes to a, an affiliate company. Now, why did they do this? Because in Florida, the insurance company's profits are capped. Okay, they're usually capped at, you know, three, four, sometimes 5%. Um, but if once that, if you have an affiliate company that can charge the insurance company a flat third of the premium, what that what the affiliate company does with that money is not regulated and regulators have tried to pierce the veil they don't really know what's going what these companies are what the affiliate companies are doing with this money but we know from the number of insurance companies that have failed these the state does insolvency reports for on all these companies and they repeatedly like almost every single report the state has produced has found that these companies were charging way to, the, the affiliate companies were charging the insurance company way too much money for for stuff for 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 fees uh, for things that didn't exist sometimes overlapping fees in some cases the the these forensic accountants literally wrote that the affiliate companies, which are the managers of the insurance company, were stripping the company of cash as it was going down. Now, this is very unusual. Not this, you know, if you have State Farm, State Farm isn't doing, the, isn't playing this kind of game. They don't really need to. But in Florida, it basically sets up a guaranteed stream of money for the managers of the insurance company that uh, they'll collect regardless of if the insurance company is profitable or not. Uh, Scott, let me ask you about that. I mean, are insurance companies able to make money here in Florida? And the way that they get around uh, the regulation is they send money to sister companies, they pay their shareholders, uh, you know, cash, uh, and, and they give their CEOs high salaries. And that's the way that they are able to extract money from uh, Florida uh, 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 premium pay payers. Well, the, uh, the system we have in here, uh, have right now in Florida is different from other states, in part because uh, the major uh, carriers, the large uh, uh, regional, super regional companies, uh, and the global players who were writing insurance in Florida uh, began to pull back after the 0405 storms and uh, were summarily escorted out of the state by uh, uh, Governor uh, Chris who said, I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote, good riddance. And we have a system now that is, is based on uh, the capital markets and contributions and investments from, uh, uh, from various sources. And uh, those investors uh, would like to have some return on their money and, and when they, uh, uh, otherwise they're not going to allocate it here. Let me say also that um, uh, the percentages paid to a subsidiary that uh, uh, that does um, uh, work for an insurance company. You look at the National Flood Insurance Program and see what it pays the right your own carriers and compare the expenses, and they're pretty much in line with what goes on uh, in 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 that uh, uh, situation. So, but are there examples where CEO CEOs are overpaid? Uh, if they they do the work and people willingly pay them the money, that's not being overpaid. 
Uh, I can tell you, uh, in in the in in the when I take a deep dive into what uh, 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 plaintiffs' attorneys are paid, and uh, take the guy Scott Strims that that Chip Merlin just just talked about, his valuation on on his uh, uh, firm was uh, forty two million dollars, and uh, and he's getting uh, disbarred for processing. Ten, tens of thousands of suits over a period of, of 10 years. Let me let me say this as well. When you talk about whether these suits are frivolous, are frivolous or not, I sat in a rate hearing a couple of years ago for Capital Preferred Insurance Company, who later went bankrupt because of the uh, litigation nightmare it was subjected to. And under oath testimony by actuaries and the CEO indicated that that company had 36% of its claims were noticed to the company via a lawsuit. Now, Chip knows that the usual uh, action taken in a lawsuit against an insurance company is a, uh, a breach of contract action. Either the insurance company didn't pay enough or they didn't pay at all and they breached their contract according to the lawsuit. Well, that means in this in this case and throughout all of the other companies who went bankrupt, that around 36% of their notice of a loss having occurred arrived with a lawsuit for breach of contract before it was physically possible to even know that there had been a breach uh, in, in the contract. So... We can term it any way we want. That's a litigation problem that is you was unique to to the state of Florida, and it has a major. That company went bankrupt. Uh, just one of the ten or twelve that we we've been talking about. We only have three minutes left. I'm not going to ask you about Sorry. the power of the insurance companies in Tallahassee. I won't be able to get to that question, but I do want to ask you about the solutions. Legislature said that after these special sessions. You know, it's going to take a few years, but but rates are going to begin to come down. I want to know, has the legislature solved the problem? Are rates uh, going to come down? And what's the solution if not? Should there be a rate freeze? Should we expand citizens' uh, uh, portfolio, put more people in citizens? Uh, should there be tougher insurance regulation? Should there be less insurance re regulation? What do you say? And let's, let's start with uh, Chip. What do you say? Yeah, I, I think that there needs to be much better insurance regulation. I think we need to stop this circular pool of everybody who works in the insurance uh, regulation industry then going to work for the insurance industry. This revolving door is just crushing us. And I, I do believe that there needs to be much greater oversight of the third-party management companies, these sister companies you're talking about, who are really controlling the insurance companies and siphoning off all the excess surplus so that when we have the rainy days, there's money to pay for the claims. Um, I think the legislature has passed a lot of laws which are going to reduce the amount that the insurance companies have to pay because the laws are just so anti-consumer that they have to be that way and they're going to pay less, there'll be less lawsuits. It's a great marketplace. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out if you take people's premiums and don't pay claims, it could be very profitable. And I think we see that from what the legislature just said, hey, everybody, let's go invest in this. We can make 165%. Absolutely, it should be more profitable. And I would expect more insurance companies to come in. Whether the rates go down, that's a whole different issue and I'm, I'm very skeptical on that. Scott, do you think that the uh, legislature has fixed the problem? Are rates going to come down, or does does there have to be should there be additional things that the legislature does? 
Uh, I believe that uh, with respect to uh, tort reform and, and laws regarding frivolous lawsuits, I think they've done a good job. I think that uh, we've seen the results. We've got another five or six companies uh, willing to write business who are taking business out of, out of citizens. We've got rumors coming in that uh, reinsurers are beginning to look more favorably here. So I, I think that would be the first thing is keep the reforms that we just implemented. Number two, uh, I believe that we need to do, have uh, 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 some other things going forward that would be helpful. Uh, for example, uh, we've got the highest uh, fee uh, cap in America for public adjusters at 20%. The National Association of Public Insurance Adjusters testified at the Sandy hearings that 20% is enough is an amount that uh, stimulates fraud and in, and claim inflation, fraudulent claim inflation. So I would put it at 10%, and you'd have a lot of the abuses uh, disappear automatically. And remember, public adjusters work for 10% after every hurricane anyway so we know they can make a profit at 10 percent okay i would also regulate water companies uh they are completely unregulated and i bet chip merlin would agree with this even uh they have no regulation whatsoever and uh that water losses are the number one losses uh, uh, under an insurance let, let me ask lawrence lawrence do consumer groups think that the that, that we've solved the problem here in florida and if not what do consumer groups say ought to be done uh, the short answer is no, and the, even the insurance industry is admitting that rates are not going to go down anytime soon. Um, the, the, the biggest thing that the state could do on this entire topic is do a study. They haven't done any studies. The legislature has not done any studies on this entire topic. They don't hold hearings. They don't, you know, these bills are, are, are crafted behind closed doors with no outside input, and then all of a sudden just thrown out on a senator's desk to vote on the next day. Um, it, 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 there's been a general lack of curiosity and seriousness on this topic in the legislature. And you hear all kinds of accusations about what's driving up the crisis. Well, you know, this is an industry that exists on data. You figure it out. Lawrence Bauer, Scott Johnson, Chip Merlin, thank you very much for a great show. We didn't begin to answer all the questions, but I'm sure glad you were here. Thank you for taking part in Florida this week. And thank you for joining us. Send us your comments at ftw.wedu.org and like us on Facebook. You can view this and past shows online at wedu.org or on the PBS app. Florida This Week is now available as a podcast. And from all of us here at WEDU, have a great weekend.